0: You're listening to Liturgies of Life, the fifth season of Enacting the Kingdom. Here you'll be joining me and Father Jeffrey as we consider the wider implications of our everyday rituals. From shopping, to social media, to sports, and to the so-called work-life balance, let's explore how the mundane aspects of our daily existence truly become Liturgies of Life. Health and fitness is our topic today. Health and fitness as telos. And we're bringing in that big theological word again, that philosophical word telos again. Um, and telos, uh, just for the listeners that uh, haven't heard us talk about this, te- you know, telos is... Actually, Father Jeffrey, I'll let you to define telos before I put my foot in my mouth. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, take it away, Father Jeffrey. Telos uh, in, a, in a quick uh, one-minute definition so that we can get started with this episode.
1: I'm not even sure we need one minute. It just means the end, right? The, the purpose of something. So the best way of thinking about it is in terms of narrative or story. What is the end? Where, where is the whole directionality of the, the plot and unfolding of the story headed, right? So what, where are right, we going? Right. Is that, it's that kind of fundamental question that you yeah. know people ask, who, who am I and where am I going? And so the, the where am I going is the telos.
0: Right, exactly. the The metaphor that I like to use is: if you plant a seed of a maple tree in the ground and you give it its appropriate freedom, it will achieve its telos of becoming a maple tree. Right. So it has it. uh, The nature of its its existence has a particular end and a particular purpose. Like it's not going to grow into a Volkswagen. Right. It's going to grow into a tree if you give it as its interesting as freedom. that would be. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So so, you know, health and fitness as telos. And, and one of the reasons why I named the episode this is because us as Orthodox Christians and those of us who belong to, let's say, a parish or a church community, we believe that we're participating in uh, a story. We participate in a, a narrative that has a telos, that has an end. Right We believe that if we um, form ourselves into uh, that image of Christ that we have that that we will ultimately be formed into that divine image, and we have this language of theosis and everything in our church or salvation, and even that 's what our icons are when we look at an icon of Christ, we are looking at our Telos we are looking at you know we are the seed in the ground, but we 're looking at it, that is the what we are supposed to become right that telos and Health and fitness in our society is very fascinating. It's, it's probably one of the biggest, quote unquote, religions that we have in our culture, along with perhaps consumerism and sports, is health and fitness. You know, there's gyms uh, all on every corner almost. There's, you know, the, 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 the dawn of CrossFit, right? These places where you can um, see yourself better right and and most of it is just kind of the health right living longer being more trim and muscular um having um more cardio or whatever it might be living that lifestyle we have those commercials that have the apple watch right and they make you feel like oh i could be that runner or i could be that swimmer Um, even though you know you can do that stuff without an apple watch but an apple watch might augment your experience and enhance it but um Yeah, anyways, I've been talking a a lot there. So the telos of health and fitness, maybe that's the first thing we can do here is trying to define what actually is being communicated as the telos of health and fitness. Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And I think the first place to maybe consider this is in relation to the thing we talked about before in terms of just health and kind of uh, medicine and so forth as being a kind of religious um, philosophy of our of our society. We I think we spoke about the the way that that's kind of become hegemonic in terms of discourse, right? That that the, if you think if you did an analysis of what everybody talked about in, in our world today in our society, this obsession with you know, making sure people are well and living as long as possible, it seems to have become, it's displaced any other kind of consideration of what the point of existence is, right? Uh, So the point of existence is to exist (laughs) and to exist well in these terms, right? And so, you know, that we talked about you know healthcare professionals as priests and and so forth so one of the ways that this is primarily mediated to us and reflected in our society is with this whole vision of the ideal human life being a life of indeed health and and fitness and that's portrayed to us in the iconography uh, as you say of the you know the images of the you know, the, the, the well toned human beings that are depicted in advertising, in film, in, 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 in our shop windows and, and so forth. And all the things that are tried, that are attempted to be kind of sold to us to, in order to achieve that life. I mean, it really kind of dominates our, our, our horizon, right? Everything in our world seems to be, you know, about this. And so we're going to need to somehow relate this to, what the overall, you know, Christian story is because some of this is good. You know, that we have to, you know, say that it's not a bad thing to look after yourself, it's not a bad thing to exercise, not a bad thing to eat well, to take care of your body. This is a, there's a scriptural kind of injunction there that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and and so forth. But I think you put your finger on precisely the problem uh, that by making these what I would maybe consider intermediate goals, you know, steps on the way to actual human flourishing and, and and full humanity and so forth, and making those into the goals themselves. So it's precisely the problem of making health and fitness, fitness the telos that is the problem, right? That we become we make that the goal, and therefore they become mm-hmm. almost like idols, right? And then they get distorted, you know, for that reason, right? There's a there's a difference, you know. We'll probably go on to talk about between you know good exercise and a kind of unhealthy obsession with exercise, where it uh, becomes idolatrous, or with you know making sure that you're you're not carrying excess weight, you know, because that can actually be quite deleterious to all kinds of things, including attending church, right? And 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 attending to the spiritual life and so forth, whereas you know, absolutely obsessing over having a certain figure of body and a kind of, you know, ripped muscular, you know, structure and so forth, you know, would be idolatrous, right? And, and we're really, we've moved precisely in this direction to, of making what were intermediate things, you know, s- signposts or steps along the way to human fullness and, and joy and shalom and so forth into making those the goal. Right. And it's in doing that, that move, making health and fitness, the actual telos that, that we've kind of overstepped, you know, the mark here and, 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 and created, um, this kind of idolatrous regime, um, out of what, what are otherwise kind of intermediate goods in humanity.
0: Yeah. Health and fitness is like, it's one of the best things for us as human beings, right? Like if we keep a healthy body, it's going to affect, our mind is going to affect our heart. It's going to affect our relationships and most likely in a positive way. Um, And the, the the twisted thing here is that, you know, C.S. Lewis has this, um, uh, he he has this metaphor that he uses of, you know, the the more beautiful something can be, the more ugly something can be. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the more, you know, a rock can be kind of beautiful, but it can't, you know, it, it can't be that beautiful, really. And, it, you know, it it can't be that ugly either. But then you get like a dog or a human, right? A human can be or, you know, take marriage. Marriage is such a it can be an absolutely wonderful, beautiful thing. But it could then also be a very tragic and heartbreaking and life destroying thing that happens to certain people if it goes wrong. Um, And we think of, you know, if the angelic realm where you have the archangels, Gabriel and Michael, but you also have Satan, right? Um, These, you know, these ups and downs. And when you take something so proper and good as human physical health and uh, fitness, that is a very good thing. But then, you know, when you set that up as the highest good in and of itself, things can tend to get twisted and and wrong and and that's not even to talk about the abuses of of that on personal levels
1: well absolutely um and there's an old latin expression that that this translates as you know the corruption of the best is the worst right so if you take something that is Mm. really truly good and you corrupt it at all it can become really really problematic very quickly and i think this is Kind of what's happened here, right? And it's very hard sometimes to parse that out and to kind of push back against it without then following, falling into an equal and opposite problem of saying, "Well, it doesn't matter," right? The the kind of you know uh, thing that Christians are always apt to do is fall into some kind of. Um, you know, rejection of creation, rejection of this world, rejection of the body in favor of something that is spiritual, right? We have even hymns in the Orthodox Church that say, you know, oh, such and such a saint was wonderful. They neg- they, they spurned the body and, and only looked after the soul. And you sort of think, well, you know, that's not the answer here to say, well, it doesn't matter, you know, what you do. Because we do. We we have exercise. We have fasting. We have all kinds of things that are actually meant to train and hone our bodies precisely as temples of the Holy Spirit so that we can actually fulfill our human purpose our human telos and so forth so so to parse out where it goes wrong where it does get corrupted without falling into the opposite problem of saying it doesn't matter what you do with your body because we're just gonna you know our souls will escape our bodies one day in some platonic way and go to some some spiritual realm that has nothing to do with the the flesh is is completely false that's not christianity we believe in the resurrection of the body and not that If you exercise more the resurrection will be better you know but but not totally disconnected either right we we have to be healthy we have to be strong in order to do the mission of the church which is living god's future kingdom now and so in order to to do that we we look after ourselves right but without making the looking after ourselves the obsession the goal the the god in all of this
0: If you're not a patron of Enacting the Kingdom, you're only getting half a podcast. This show only exists because of an active community of people just like you over on Patreon. When you become a patron, you'll get additional episodes, live streams, and our ever-growing backlog of episodes, 66 at the time of this recording. And as we're social media free, Patreon is the only place to engage with us and others about these episodes. Go to patreon.com slash enacting the kingdom to join the growing community. It seems that the looking after of ourselves as an idol has taken hold in our society. And maybe I'm reading things cynically, but, you know, there's gyms everywhere. There's a whole industrial complex of health that exists. and. And so there's this uh, research paper uh, done by Casper, and somebody else, I don't remember who it is, um, but uh, it's called How We Gather, I believe is the name. And the it was research into how uh, in an age where people no longer are going to church, where do people go to get the um, community? Where do people go to get a sense of belonging and a sense of telos, a sense of, direction towards a goal. And health and fitness really seems to fit that um, mold. It's something that gives you a clear sense of progress and a clear sense of getting somewhere. Right Along with um, consumerism, which is you literally pay and get things and you accumulate and you get that that sense of progress and, and with sports, right? You progress through the season, maybe there's the playoffs and you get the sense of progress towards a climax. Well, you get that as well in, in health and fitness. And I guess, you know, for the moving forward in this discussion, I'm wondering what the role could is of the community of health and fitness, whether it's a gym or whether it's CrossFit um, or any of those things. Like how do we, um, understand what those are in terms of kind of a religious context and to what degree can we participate in that as Orthodox Christians?
1: We, I think this is exactly where the problem exists in our society today, because it's not just, we're not putting our finger on, okay, this is a a kind of private, you know, predilection, you know, sin of some people. And this is what it looks like. And, you know, can describe this a little bit. I mean, this really has a societal, Shape to it, right? So, if if in the first place displacing, you know, a kind of transcendent worldview—in other words, that's there's something beyond the 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 frame of our own life here and now—that that we need to bring into play here—the the story is bigger than when we are born to when we die. Uh, that's that t- kind of transcendent perspective. The Christian story and and uh, you know, arguably every other religion as well has that overarching narrative that transcends the imminent, right? The, the, the life that, that we live here. And so take that away, right? So, I mean, the, the enlightenment process was to to kind of create a sharp division between the the sacred and the secular and to kind of knock all of that, you know, religious stuff upstairs and let's really focus, you know, on, on the here and now, on the imminent frame. And then, of course, the pro- process over the last couple of centuries has been to spend less and less time even talking about that split universe, right? We're only going to talk about the downstairs uh, that we live in. And, and within that imminent frame, that, that, that downstairs, the here and now, out of all of the way society has been moving and reflecting on, you know, what makes a full human life, the, as we said, the, the hegemonic idea, the main philosophical principle, the main point of everything is to be healthy. Right. To, to live as healthy a life as possible and therefore to live as long as possible. Right. Cause there's nothing else. It, so it's got to be about somehow living well here and now and doing that as long as possible. So that's become the, the, the main idea. The, the religious expression of that. How do you participate in that is precisely through the way that People have become so concerned with, with their, their, their health, with their, with their fitness, and so forth. And so, what you would naturally expect as an anthropologist or somebody just observing human nature would be well, we need to have the religious institutions to support all of this, not just a philosophical idea people go around with in their heads, is actually implemented and lived through ritual, through liturgy, and so forth. Well, what do you find cropping up are fitness centers and the like. Right. And what character they take on is not simply, well, we're going to, you know, look after this small part of, of human existence. You know, you come to us when you want to use an exercise machine. I think a lot of us still assume that's what happens, right? You, you get a, a membership in a club because you don't own that equipment at home and you're going to hire for a certain period. A treadmill or an exercise bike or, or something like that, that that's what's going on. They might also have showers or something like that so you can clean yourself up afterwards. But far from that, they are full on religious centers, right? And that report that you, um, referred to, uh, Casper um, I think it's Angie Thurston, the other author, um, both connected with, with Harvard. And they went through and identified centers like this and the kind of characteristics that they have, right, and it, they find that they're not just places where people go and exercise. That they are genuine sources and, and centers of community, right, where people are drawn together. The whole report is called "How How We Gather." You know, how do we how do communities get formed out of this? They're places of, of personal transformation where people come with, you know, the the struggles of their life, with the obstacles they're facing, the challenges, and they get support from that community in order to overcome them to become better versions of themselves. And so you find it's not just the equipment there, but you find like, you know, uh, it's, it's everything from, you know, the, the, the inspiring posters and music and workshops and and guest speakers and everything that are all directed towards this idea of personal transformation. There's also social transformation that, that in the gathering itself, the community is not only kind of established, but taken forward into, into, to new places. And, you know, some of that's expressed in terms of, you know, where do people go when profound life events take place like the death of somebody or 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 an illness or some kind of crisis in their lives well it's in these centers you find you know people are being looked after in this kind of socially transforming way and so forth people go and celebrate their birthdays and anniversaries in these centers it's where people find purpose that where they find the telos of their life right they're given these these goals and 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 visions of, of what a full human life is all about. It's where creativity takes place, where people, you know, the, you know, in addition to you know being fitness centers, they often have, um, you know, classes where you know the arts are brought in or other forms of, of human expression and so forth. And there are places where there's accountability where. People feel responsible one to another, you know, whether it's you know particular weight loss goals or or fitness achievements or whatever, that people have that, that sense of accountability. Well, if you talk about all these things, community, personal transformation, social transformation, purpose finding, creativity, accountability, we're describing church, what church ought to be, right? And always was, you know, when people took the, the telos of, of the, the transcendent story of the of the, the scriptures and of, of Christian liturgy, when they took that very seriously, that's what church was meant to be. And so people, you know, this report is, is talking about how people today have replaced church with precisely centers like this, whether it's CrossFit or any other number of these, you know, fitness plus centers, not just, the, you know, that narrow exercise peace here. It's its the whole of life that, that is being encapsulated there. And, you know, that is precisely what you would expect to find in an environment, in a society where those, as I said, were intermediate goals of just you know, staying alive enough that you could do the mission of the church was the point. That's why we take our bodies seriously. It's why we take our health seriously. We don't want to be sick and create unnecessary burdens for, for one another. But if we are, you know, it's like that, that this is the the, the the kind of nefarious side of all of this, right? The implication is if the good life is health and, and fitness, you know, those who are sick are excluded, are, are somehow You know, made to feel lesser because they haven't achieved the telos of of society and everything. Well, the Christian community doesn't obsess over health and fitness to the point of excluding those who are ill or broken or disabled or or otherwise, you know, living because the point of living isn't that, right? We can all, you know, belong together. But it's precisely what you would find in a world where that overall Christian story or the telos that is transcendent is replaced by this intermediate set of goals. You get religious centers that do what church is meant to be doing. And so it's really, uh, I mean, in one level frightening, you know, this happened, but it's, I think ultimately what we should take from this is it's chastening to know that people are not, haven't stopped going to church. People haven't stopped being religious, right? What they've just done is displace that with another form of church and religion and what is chastening about that is that they've done that because we weren't there doing what we were supposed to be doing. They weren't finding community, um, personal transformation, social transformation, purpose, creativity, or accountability in church, at least not to the full extent that they can in these other places. So what are we going to do about that? We're we just going to sit at the side of the playing field and, and you know... Um, you know, lament or are we going to actually get back to doing what we're supposed to be doing? But, and, and wrapping all of what people are trying to do in this, in this wider story, a story that says your telos isn't this. The purpose isn't just to stay biologically alive as long as possible or to achieve some sort of personal, you know, best in terms of fitness or, or muscular structure or whatever. It's about finding the kingdom of God and living that, which has implications for the temple that is your body, but it's not the point.
0: Getting fit has immediate and sort of tangible imminent effects right so if i go for um a power walk or i go for a run or i start lifting weights i'm going to be breathing hard i'm going to perhaps not like it when i'm actually doing it but after afterwards maybe i get that endorphin rush or you know you you get that sort of uh the pleasure of working out um uh for for some people for me you know i'm running and i'm like oh why am i doing this to myself um but you know afterwards it feels good you know you look i'm really happy that i did run before um so, but, but there's this tangible aspect to it, right? There's this real world changes and real world effects of health and fitness and taking your health and fitness seriously. But for a lot of people, church does not have that, right? Church is really abstracted. Church is you go and you pray, but you know, Nobody really knows what happens when you pray and you just sort of float around and you, you're not, there's no kind of tangible, um, you, you can't point at anything necessarily for, for a lot of people and say, this is the effect of of church. And I, I'm like, is, is church missing something here? Like there's, there's something really tangible about that physical aspect, right, of exercise that for most people when they come to church is just not. There like does the church have to i don't know should we expect people to do jumping jacks in the pews or something like that? Uh, you know is the church missing something here um, what's why why is that divorce there
1: yeah I think you've hit upon what is the current situation, but I don't think that is exactly how it's designed to be necessarily, right I mean, if people are only attending church on a Sunday morning and you know they they're doing it in the way that we have often decried which is just you know attending and and letting some other people do the liturgy and just having this kind of experience in your in one's mind as you just said you know that can very definitely not play into anything that has a kind of tangible, um, effect, but, but liturgy is meant to transform us. Right. And so it's everything from the physicality of liturgy, you know, especially at, you know, weekday services and especially in Lenten periods. You know, if you go and you attend the, 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 the matins with the canon of St. Andrew of Creed of Repentance, you know, the fifth week of, of Lent, you're going to have, well, if you do it fully, like a thousand prostrations, right, in the course of about three and a half, four hours. Um, let me tell you, that will be felt, right? You know, if you do it the kind of modern way of only doing one prostration for each of the, you know, petitions, um, you end up with three hundred or four hundred of them all together in, in that service. Which, again, I mean, people who are really, really fit find that hard to do. So I mean that's an extreme example of the physicality of it, but the physicality of liturgy is meant to be in the in the round, going and attending services and standing Straight, let alone you know there's the moving around and all the other opportunities for for movement and everything we can do, but just standing up rather than slouching over or sitting you know for, for the the surface is an is a physical act that can be felt in our bodies and it can help to tone our bodies the 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 kind of side effect of that is is better posture and so forth. so we can attend to all the same kinds of things in liturgy. I'm not saying liturgy replaces. Exercise. What I would encourage people to do is have a really good balanced lifestyle, to walk as much as possible, right? To use stairs, you know, as much as possible to, 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 to move around and not to, they say that sitting is the new smoking, right? So that we, we're often trapped in our in our jobs, in our lifestyles by by sitting most of the time. Well, I mean, even if you have to be at a desk, make it a standing desk. There are lots of obvious things we can do that are not about obsessing over our bodies or or making you know, the the pilgrimage to the temple of CrossFit or, or anything like that. I mean by all means join a gym too if that's if that's helpful. Just don't obsess over it. But the point is it's all a kind of continuum that the whole of our life is church. The whole of our life is liturgical. The whole of our life is religious. And if we make the goal of our life, the kingdom of God, and living that in-breaking, invading kingdom now, the whole point of our life, these things will fall naturally into, into the right place, right? We will not want to be out of fitness, out of shape, because that Actually undermines that work. You know, how can we go to the other? How can we be with others? How can we witness to the gospel if we are in some ways compromised by our cardiovascular health or our or our or muscular strength and and, and all that kind of thing? It's not about creating the perfect body. It's about being healthy in order to to live a full you know human life. And I think you know that 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 should carry over and continue. In our liturgical services, that I think it's quite obvious who's, you know, taking care of their bodies when you get to liturgy and you see the different postures that people adopt, the different ways that people are able to to kind of participate or not in that, or indeed if people are showing up at all above, you know, sporadic Sunday morning attendance, where you know it, it tends to be a relatively you know short service compared to to some of the others. Why why don't people come to an all night vigil on a Saturday evening? Well, you got to stand
0: up for a long time because you
1: have to stand up a long time. It's hard work. It's physical work, right? And, and I think people don't actually say that often. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll reflex into things like, Oh, well, you know, busy this or, you know, I I find it hard to understand, you know, the service. I can't get into it or whatever. I'll bet an awful lot of it comes down to, you know, my body's just not toned enough to be able to attend to liturgy in in that way. So it's interesting that, you know, it kind of works that way. As for, how tangible the effects are. I mean, it, it's funny because people who do get into the obsession with health and fitness, um, I mean, they have the same problem, right? You can't say, oh, well, if I avoid this, you know, particular temptation at, at the next meal, or if I, you know, uh, if I go on and do this particular set of exercises today, there'll be this immediate effect that I'll, I mean, to some extent there there, there, there is, but most of those things are Long term, it's only once you develop habits of life that that mean that over a period of time, yeah, if you've got excess weight, you shed it. If you have bad muscle tone, you know, that improves. Um, you know, the cardiovascular thing is a long term thing that hopefully will, you know, help you to rule out, you know, certain types of diseases later in in life and so forth which is you know it's, it's all good but it's not like there's a one-to-one relationship between that exercise you know or that meal uh, and 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 health people understand these things work themselves out over a long period of time well you know we can't expect liturgy to to work you know any differently for us uh, in terms of our participation in that it's, it's it has to become habitual it has to become embedded embodied enacted you know in every part of part of our being so uh, i just encourage people to live a healthy lifestyle therefore they can participate more fully in the liturgical life of the church immerse themselves more fully in the in the wider perspective of the story of god and i mean hopefully all these things find their their natural you know place and it becomes you know possible to achieve something of human wholeness right in all of this because that's ultimately what god wants to share with us
0: thanks for listening I'm Father Yuri Gladio, an Orthodox Christian priest with a lifelong desire to keep learning, and I'm joined on this show by my teacher and friend, Father Jeffrey Reddy. Father Jeffrey is the director of the Orthodox School of Theology at the University of Toronto and holds a doctorate in liturgical theology. Come connect with us on Patreon with any thoughts and follow ups about this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time.